This is the Night Owls Disc Golf Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm JP. And I'm Ben. <laughs> I mean, welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Happy to be so here. This, yeah, yeah. Well, tell us about yourself, Ben. Let's hear it. How did this well, all come about? Throw you in the spot. Uh, longtime listener, multiple time guest. Uh, and then I got a call out of the blue that was like, hey, you are providing a lot of, I guess, value and giving us more random things to talk about in this group text. How would you like to come on and uh, do that regularly? And I was like, yeah, sounds good to me. Uh-huh. And here we are. And then uh, we had a, a a deadline of where we wanted me to be on and to be video the 25th. And I uh, supposed to be last week but unforeseen circumstances mm-hmm. and here we are now so we've, we've hit our deadline so good work hey, but we we yeah. hit the deadline with the video podcast as well because we just Correct. went and did it last week and i just threw some stuff together so um it worked out pretty well so with that being said night underscore owl underscore pod um door underscore disc underscore golf doordisc.com is where you can buy all your disc golf needs and then YouTube, of course, is where this thing's going to be posted. Um, and for the uh, audio listeners out there, it's broadcasted everywhere that we can possibly find it. And if we are not broadcasted on your favorite podcasting app, just let us know. So as a reminder, Vegas table, that beautiful man on the screen that's joining us, Ben, will be sitting at the Vegas table underneath the big tent um, doing some uh, meet and greet and Shaking hands, kissing babies. Well, actually, Ben, I don't recommend kissing babies, but unless they I'll, really want you to. I'll shake babies. <laughs> I, oh, boy. I don't know if that's much better. <laughs> I'll shake babies. Off to a bit of a hot hands. start here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, come see us. And Jordan and myself will all be out there as well. And we'll be spending some good amount of time at that table as well. So if you want to see us and chat with us and tell us how wrong we are, tell us how right we are, tell me how good looking I am, come on over. So, all right, here's the big question, boys. Speaking of Vegas, how do you feel about CBD and disc golf or hemp-derived products? Not all uh, yeah, yeah, we got to work out the kinks as to who's at first. <laughs> first time there's a trio. I don't, I CBD oil. So I don't know if there's any benefit to it performance-wise, but definitely recovery-wise, there's benefit to it. Um, that's the main reason I use it is I have balm that I put on that the CBD is supposed to help. Um, I know Holly Finley pushes a lot of CBD with whatever company she's working with. Um, other than that, I, I see no problem as long as it's not being used on the course. So you can't take the thing and like rub it on the elbow? For well, the no, no. Up? I mean, if you're not, are we talking just CBD or are we talking? Just, just call a spade a spade, man. Just, just call yeah, a spade a spade. Say just be blunt. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no smoking on the course. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's because it's PDG regulated. So, what about pre or post round? Hey, if you want to do your thing during pre or post round, go for it. Okay, as long as it's not during the round. So, under the influence is fine. Are they testing you? No, so go for it. All right, Ben. All right, Ben. Ben. Yeah, I'm. I'm not like anti really anything. Like, I mean, CBD and 
everything has just become so kind of normalized and just kind of part of the society. But I think, yeah, like he was talking about, like the bigger question is like, you know, what are you, what are you consuming before the round is probably like the biggest question. But I mean, like, mm-hmm. I think we've all been to enough tournaments where we've like seen it and know those people play well. So it is just kind of it is what it is. But like from the original question with CBD, yeah, I I mean I use CBD oil as well. It's, it's good for mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Right. So I bring it up because we see it more and more. Um, as a matter of fact, I took a survey for wholesale accounts through Discraft, and they said one of I mean excuse me for Dynamic Discs. One of the questions was. Do would you sell CBD and CBD related products in your store? And that opened up a whole like uh, bird's nest for me. That I just I was like, well, it all depends. If it's an age restricted CBD product, no, because it's a family friendly shop and all that stuff. Or are we talking like that Delta? What's Delta Eight or Delta Nine? nine. Or- Delta nine, like that type of stuff. Like, no, cause that, that truly puts you on the influence. And I think you have to be 18 to buy that. Is that correct? Like tobacco products or 21? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So you see it more and more and Ben, tell us what you just found out about MVP and Maple Hill. Oh course, yeah. Have, well, Maple Hill, not MVP. Yeah. So I was just searching around today. Uh, just um, Looking at like the UDIS rankings always come out, they get adjusted right around like the middle of the month of just where things kind of stand. And I was kind of poking around um, at Maple Hill, just kind of looking at all the different layouts that they have. And I found that there's a new one uh, that is coming this summer that is the solar cannabis uh, layout. And Maple Hill is actually Maple Hill Disc Golf Course presented by Solar Cannabis. (laughs) Does that send off alarms for either of you? No, because to me, they're, it's a legit business in an estate that is 100% legal in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to have a hustle, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that'll limit the hustle, actually. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on what type it is, huh? No. All right. Well, that's all I want to know. I'm just curious. Um, I don't really have any big feelings about it either way, as long as it's done legally. Um, I think the performance aspect of it, for me, if they're partaking prior to rounds, um, they will be under the influence. It's just like drinking and things like that. Um, there's no rules against that. Um, as long as it's not during competition or on competition grounds. Um, so I guess more power to you. You do what you do. You be you and I'll be me and it is, it will be what it is. Is that right? Sounds <laughs> so, good enough. Yeah. I just right. dynamic branching out to make CBD oil. I don't know. It was on the it was on the survey. Dynamic CBD. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about B dynamic. Yeah. I was gonna say though. So. I think it's just interesting though. Like those things just kind of eliminate themselves as like the level of the event goes up. Like when you're at a higher level B tier and an A tier, obviously you really don't see that. But like everybody's just like local C tier. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, let's hammer it. Let's do what we want to do. Let's do the, you know, between rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, and for me, heck, if guys in my division are doing that, it's probably going to give me an edge because I don't do that stuff and I'll stay at least clear. Well, but it still comes down to my disc golf play, so I may not get an edge, but <laughs> at least it'll level the playing field a little bit. Um, so thrower, hanger, or flipper, <laughs> what'd you buy? 
We'll start with JP because we know we always buy something. I actually did buy something this week. <laughs> uh, let's see. I bought a Cosmic Neutron Envy. Okay. Sweet from Lore Discs. And for the sake of science, I bought two Proton Craves. Just to test them out. It, explain the science portion of it. You sure it's not like hype train car number one? Who, who? Well, no, because I've already bagged MVP discs, but comparing it to the FD or something just to see how gyro compares to the FD for science. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> take one for the team. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, he, just, he was just inspired by the Caden episode. That's all. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Um, as far as what I bought, I had a big stack come in as part of uh, some of the Lone Star allotment from this year. So um, I got a Nimitz, Bayonet, Chupacabra, Guadalupe, Mad Cat, um, and a Copperhead. So that's all what came in, and then that's in addition to all the Lone stuff that I Lone Star stuff that I currently had. So um, a couple more slots to fill out. So I would say right now uh, we're about eighty six percent. Uh, but we'll get to 90. There's just like one more thing I got to tweak. Hmm. So it's a 90% rule then, huh? Yeah, I thought 90. it was 80 for some reason. Yeah, 90%. Um, I was talking to JP when I was playing around uh, the, the Wild Honey is like the one that I'm just like holding on to so firm right now that I don't it's, know what's It's a great disc. Mm-hmm. All right. So I honestly didn't have anything. Um, I bought new work boots. I don't know if that's really disc golf related, but I'm sure I'll play disc golf in them. So, <clears throat> but yeah, no, it works enough. Yeah, didn't buy any plastic. Well, I, I did buy a lot of plastic, but it wasn't for me. I'm sure I'll grab some of the stuff, but uh, we'll get to that at the end when we do shop updates. So, all right. Well, here's a preview for the show. We're going to talk about Disc Mania's memorials. They're really sad. Um, we'll talk about wholesale versus factory store. We're <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, the DGPT events in Europe and how the Paul Macbeth effect I just draws everybody in that way. Shelly Sharp Memorial we'll go over and then we'll talk about some uh, updates in contracts and then we'll have a random question. And Ben is surprising us with a random question today, so I have no clue what it is. So we'll get to see what type of humor Ben has, if any. We'll find out. <laughs> and then we'll get into the shop updates. So with that being said, let's get right into the sad news about the Discmania memorials. Um, it is very sad to hear that both Simon and um, Nate Perkins. I can't remember. <laughs> both Simon and Nate Perkins have expired. Um, if you have seen their Instagram, it's uh, they have like a start date and an end date, like an expiration date, or like you would do for a memorial, where it's like. RIP this guy from 2000, when did he start? 2017 to 2023, whatever it was. It's really sad. And I don't understand the logic behind it because it truly looks like it has like one of those pose pictures where they're like all smiling. And it's, it really looks like they're putting a memorial out there for the deceased. It's the black and yeah, white I don't photo. Understand it. Yeah. And he, they did it with both of them. Mm hmm. They could have just easily put thank you for Simon 10 years or Nate Perkins seven years. They don't have to put that date there. Right. You know, it's just kind of an odd way of putting it out there. 
Yeah, it's strange. And maybe, Ben, you can or maybe not, like, just post one of them just as an example of what it looks like. But it truly looks like a sad memorial. It's just. Well, they're sad. They're leaving the family. You know, I don't know. (laughs) They're leaving the dynamic. Just mean your family. That's what I think. Yeah. It's. Is it like. Or maybe not. Or are they just making the statement that you're dead to me? (laughs) Is that what Dismania is doing? (laughs) You're dead to us. So here's your memorial. Uh, So. I think there's many ways they could do it, um, but entertaining nonetheless. Um, so let's move on from that one. All right. Wholesale versus factory store. So JP, what we're going to talk about here is whether the wholesale is more important than the factory store at a given manufacturer. And this comes about from Lone Star, and I'll let you continue, Ben, if you would like, um, from Lone Star's factory store or store that they have is basically sold out of everything. Um, oh, so not basically. Go ahead they and go. are. There's not. Yeah. So ba- <laughs> not basically. There's nothing on the website. It was restocked on Monday and it was gone like that. And this kind of all started with a, a conversation between Caden and Shane and myself, um, just kind of talking about like, where's the like, is this a I mean, I just said, is this, I'm not a business person, but is this a business failure or a business something that, a business decision that you could have accounted for, or just kind of trying to figure out what happened and why it happened? Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Shane brought up was, well, you kind of knew that this was going to happen when there's 800 people running around with uh, maxed out Lone Star bags. But yeah, then we were just kind of debating, uh, like, who, who do you take care of first? Who's back? Do you scratch all the independent store owners who are doing wholesale or do you, should you continuing to pump and restock your own store? What do you think JP? I'll give you my opinion after it. Yeah. It's a trick because as team members, I think you would figure out or be sentiment, sentimental. Is that the, word I'm looking for to like what's happening with the situation at Lone Star you know like okay you're my sponsor or you're on the Ranger team and it's like well we're going to get discs eventually but you make more of a profit by supplying those small shops and getting your product out to the masses rather than just the team so I feel like it would be beneficial for you to get the wholesalers out but still keep a smaller stock for your website perhaps where you can generate income that way as well and not have to worry about maybe not being able to get stuff to wholesalers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I would disagree. I think it's exactly the opposite. I think direct to consumer is going to be the cheapest, easiest um, way to make money. Wholesalers, they have to give a discount to us because we got to make money on it. Um, But I get what you're saying, especially right now with the known quantity of individuals that have to fill their bag up to 90%. They're giving them a one-time 50% off coupon and then a ongoing 20%. Is that correct, Ben? Yes. And then um, there's like some other direct pieces coming throughout the year that will just be mailed some stuff. Great. Yeah. So, so you know that that now that is a marketing hub and I've said this, I've said this multiple times and, this is a good time to throw in that next week, Josh, Josh Hofstra, we're actually going to have a sit down with him and um, we'll have some of these questions answered directly from the horse's mouth. Um, but 
with the marketing engine that is the Ranger team and what Lone Star did, everything's at one year. They know exactly what they're going to do when they're going to lose those profit margins. Uh, as far as the wholesale side, there were no issues with me ordering. Now, what we get, we don't know because they don't have a very robust back end for wholesalers yet. It's just an Excel spreadsheet that you fill out some numbers and send it back into them. So it's not a live account of what is available and what is not, but it still seems like they're pushing out the new releases, which is great. So I think with the additional two machines that they put in there, they're going to solve that problem really quickly. Um, but it, that's still it's still hard to see or hard to justify or validate not going direct to consumer until you hear it from a, from a retailer side, because I'm like, man, so not only am I competing with the hundreds of other stores that are out there and the thousands of websites that are out there that sell discs, but now I'm competing from the people that I buy the discs from. Like, that's pretty hard. You know, that sucks. And I can understand if there's special stamps or something like that that they're putting in there, but that's the way disc golf is. I mean, 100% way disc golf is. So I don't fault it, it for it. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, aren't you, you've talked about it before, the way that you compete to get discs with Innova through the factory store and how you're just basically another customer to them, not, you don't, does it matter if you have like a wholesale account early? Uh, it does. If you have a wholesale account. So my gripe with them is that I had to be a wholesaler with them for at least 12 months. When that 12 months came up, they said, Nope, now you got to wait another at least six months. So they've been kind of just pushing us down the road um, as far as um, purchasing goes. So I just simply don't purchase from Innova unless I absolutely need to, to fill the, my carts. But if you go to the factory store where they drop all their, new releases team, all those things. Um, you compete for those drops as a wholesaler, just like everybody else does. Um, now you have special permissions and you get a little bit better discount. I'm not sure if I'm conveying this properly, but you get a better discount, but it's still not much like Sexton Firebirds. There may be 19 bucks for wholesalers. And then, you know, you turn around and sell I me mean, for, for retailers. And you turn around and sell them for what? Well, I guess you could sell them for hundreds, hundreds of dollars, but for the most part, you sell them for 29 bucks. You know, so you get about $10 profit. It's about a 30% profit. And that's not huge for disc golf for plastic. Well, here's, here's the question that I'll, that I'll ask you and no free ads, but uh, as, a, mm -hmm. as a store owner, who do you think has the best wholesale process from start to finish? So as far as like ease of ordering, you get what you want. You have some variability over who you pick or what you can pick. Like there's not, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to love my answer. Uh, Prodigy. <laughs> I would say Prodigy or Discmania are the two that have probably by far the best user interface as far as wholesalers go. Um, DDs right behind them, the Lat 60. We'll we'll talk about the trilogies, the DD. So Westside, you know, Dynamic Discs and um, Latitude 64. So the Disc Golf Distribution website is a fantastic website. It looks very similar to Dynamic Discs website, but it's just meant for wholesalers. So that's nice. But 
it is still very vague as far as like colors and things like that. And if I remember rightly, Prodigy, you can get as granular as colors on certain things. So it's a, it's a really nice site and they just did an update on it and I haven't ordered since the new update from what I understand, it made it even easier. So I'd say Prodigy is the easiest one to deal with. And then you get Discraft who you have no idea what you're going to get in the box. It's a mystery. Every month it's a mystery or every three weeks it's a mystery. And there is something with um, Discraft, like every month you can go ahead and order off of their normal order sheet, but it's still an Excel, sell it, send, uh, fill it out, send it in. And I think that's pretty common for most wholesalers at this point. I think slowly but surely they're breaking into these new databases, but for the most part, it's fill out an Excel sheet and send it in. And that's Disc Unlimited, which is where we get Casaplast from. Um, I mean, every every manufacturer we've ordered from. Um some of the small ones like gateway and birdie and I'm trying to think mint. They're all great. They're user interface. You actually go on, pick what you want and they'll send it to you. Um, infinite has a very, very good backend as well, but I'd say prodigy tops them. And who would have thought after all the, the, the slander <laughs> over weeks and yeah. weeks and weeks. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's like, uh, I, I don't want to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> so, just doesn't matter how easy you make it if the product is not desirable. Like, just, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so I guess wholesale factory store, I guess that's going to be a conundrum that'll be there forever. And honestly, I don't see um, wholesalers or, or manufacturers letting go of that grip of a direct-to-consumer. I, I just don't see it. So it would make our lives a little easier as far as retailers go. But so, all right. You want to talk about this uh, Macbeth effect and the DGPT of the seven events that are over in Europe? Who? Who? Macbeth? Who's Macbeth. that guy? <laughs> all right. I'll let someone else lead this one off. This is you, JP. You're the... Uh... <laughs> You're the guy for this one. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, well, it's funny how up till this point, we knew Macbeth was going to be going to Europe for an extended period of time. He's going to be missing uh, Portland Open, which is an elite plus. He's going to be missing a number of other elite events. And then the DGPT just announced that these European stops are going to be considered like Silver Series events, where they're going to be getting points towards the DGPT, uh, the tour. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's kind of like, well, did, did Paul Macbeth know about this? Or did was there some kind of leak where maybe, I don't know, conspiracy theories are out there that where they're in cahoots, you know, cahoots like working with this, where um, Macbeth, you know, maybe saw easier way to get points compared to competing with other people on tour but it sounds like a lot of the pros didn't know that this decision was going to be made that the points were going to be available in europe and keep in mind though only three is it three or two silver events can be used three towards three so even if he does go and dominate all seven events he's only going to get three of them and at yeah, 75 points per win yeah it could make a difference um but to miss a couple elite series while he's going to be over there. 
I don't know. I mean, I have my own theories, but I'll let Ben go next. I, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the, the rumor mill and the conspiracy theories are just flying. Um, I don't know. I personally don't think that they really have much to stand on when it comes to them. I think that a lot of these things have just been debunked and, I think Shane and I are on pretty much the same page. So I'll kind of let you go with, with what you, what your thoughts were, but sure. Yeah. So I don't remember how long ago it was, but I remember listening to a podcast with the European disc golf pro tour director, Nick and Matt. the one that's doing the European tour. Was it Nick and Matt? Okay. Yeah. Um, they were speaking with him and they had mentioned a documentary that was happened that happened last year and it renewed for this year and has like, rights on netflix is that correct discovery or... plus discovery plus okay so it has it on discovery plus and they're actually televising it um and they talked about the events that they're doing it for and it just happens to be those ones so when i saw paul's come out i think i mentioned it on the podcast but i think he's going over there to be involved in that um because he is the guy of disc golf so him going over to europe while this is being recorded and filmed, I mean, it's only going to spread his word. Another thing that I think about is Discraft has almost zero presence in Europe. And what a better way to send the best player in the world and your uh, icon over there to represent Discraft and potentially start something up there. Um, so, you know, I don't see there being a big benefit to him going over there for those silver events. Yeah. He might come away with what? 250, 300 and however many points, 325 or whatever it is. Um, what is that? 75, 75, was one, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he's going to come away with equivalent of two wins for missing so many events. I mean, how many events is he going to be missing while he's out there? Like I think four events where he could accrue 45 points instead of the 225. Uh, or excuse me, 400 points instead of the 225 maximum that he's going to be while he's over there. So, you know, for it being a good move, I don't see the big benefit. I think he's actually, it's probably going to be a, more of a deficit as far as the points go. Um, and then is there truly an issue when we talk about those points? I don't think there's an issue. Um, even let's say Ricky goes over there, whatever. There's still what, four and a half months, four months until they go over there for that swing. Mm -hmm. So for players or anybody else to complain that it's not fair that Paul's going over there, like, stop your griping. I mean, you got four and a half months to plan that. Like, how much more time do you need, honestly? So I think it's also just it's just a huge undertaking as well. Like people are knocking Paul for actually putting in the work and having the team to be able to plan this tour for, with him because mm -hmm. like. We're talking about like work visas potentially, depending on the country, because you Paul's going to cash. Let's be real; he's going to cash at, at at these tournaments. So there's like legal uh -huh. things as far as him getting paid. There's you know making sure he's you know clearing customs and taking care of all this stuff. And I know a lot of these where he's going is all like the EU, so it's still you know it's probably a pretty an easier process, but. He still right. put it, his, his team still put in the time to be able to make it happen. Like, mm. so that's, yeah, I don't see there 
I, I agree. I mean, I just don't see there being an issue. I think people just don't have enough to talk about right now. <laughs> so they're using this. I, I don't know. And the amount of money he's spending to go over there, there's just, there's so many factors. Now let's get to the disc golf pro tour side of it. Uh, just spring was on whatever Ulti podcast World. he was on. Ulti, man, you were all over it. Um, so he was on Ulti world and on Ulti world, this has been in the work since 2019. So mm. 2020, they got shut down 21. They didn't run the tour 22. They did what they could with the resources they had. And 23, they were able to establish um, a good working repertoire with a local recording company out there, a Jomez of sorts of Europe. And now they're able to do it. I mean, with that information in mind, I don't, I just, I don't think there's any reason for anybody to give two hoots about it. <laughs> hoots. See what I did there with the, yeah. Yeah. okay. I was yeah. just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. You guys got anything else to say about it? Well, it'll be easy. It'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, purses he pulls, what kind of compared to the DGPT here. I don't know what kind of sponsors they have on the European tour. Maybe they're bigger sponsors than what the DGPT tour is pulling here. It's also, you know, it's incredibly expensive to go there. So it might not even out or outweigh what he's paying to be there. But maybe if the persons are good, we'll see more people going over there for a little bit longer stay. I know Thomas Gilbert last year was there for a number of mm -hmm. uh, weeks, I think. Parsby was at Sula last year. Mr. So, McMahon stays over there for quite a few, for many years. I mean, mm -hmm. he stays over there. So it'll be interesting to see after this year how Paul being there affects others mm -hmm. and their decisions to go travel over. If they'll just decide to um, stay, stay here and compete. Yeah. I think there's two things that I want to talk about that's left. One is... Um, leaky leaker i'll let ben talk about that one <laughs> and then uh but the other thing is also paul is a individual that doesn't really speak a lot about what changes he wants to make right so he believes that the disc golf should be pushed over to europe and these other countries and what he does is he goes and makes it happen so he just takes that leap and says, if I want this to happen, I'm going to go out and make it happen. So I respect that. I respect the fact that he can, I guess, put up and shut up, if that makes any sense. <laughs> you know, so he's, he's not just going to sit there and talk about something and say how it needs to be done. Because all three of us, how many times have you heard, it needs to be here, it needs to be there. And the uproar that the... Canada applied or Canada uh, put in an application for the worlds and it wasn't in Canada, but Oh my goodness, I can't believe this isn't going to happen. That's so horrible. And all there is, is just a bunch of words being thrown around a bunch of verbal vomit. But Paul just says, look, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to make it happen. So kudos to him on that. That happens on a local level here as well. <laughs> that, you know, I think we're, we all have seen that and heard that at our, local clubs and leagues and it just takes one person just to, to do it so mm -hmm. agreed mm -hmm. i think yeah that's exactly it no all right talk to us about leaky leaker so this is kind of twofold <laughs> drew gibson's 
Twitter is worth a follow just because it's just constant streams of consciousness. I think he just doesn't like when with regards to other people and like sharing their like beats as far as just like the Simon deal and all these other things, he obviously does, you know, ask for some permission, but a lot of his tweets are just things he's thinking about and doesn't really think much of it. Um, so he basically put out, which, which makes it awesome by the way. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> There's you gotta no just respect it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's word vomit. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't remember if it was today or yesterday, but I definitely saw it today that if one of his tweets hit 2,000 likes and 500 retweets, he was going to show up to Las Vegas with his mullet uh, braided tight in cornrows, uh, like Bryce Harper <laughs> did for one year or for a stretch. Uh, so he's reached uh, the last update before we started recording uh, was he had crossed the uh, the retweet mark, uh, but now he's just, he's about 300 likes short. So uh, Brody was pumping that and all of Brody's followers will just they'll just smash a like button for fun. So uh-huh. so uh, <laughs> I think I think we'll be seeing him uh, out there rocking that chain. Um, oh, I- I hope so. But the other thing, uh, and I will insert it here when I edit the video tomorrow, uh, is he's got his own merch thing now. I mean, he's already had merch, but he's now got a leaky leaker <laughs> sweatshirt uh, because Simon called him a leaky leaker uh, when he was on with Nick and Matt. And uh, yeah, so he's just... <laughs> He's just so perfect right now because it's just a stream of consciousness. He obviously just has the ability, like the capital and everything else to just be like, yeah, why not? Let's do that. And then he just like, there's just no thought, like there's no hesitation to it, which is my favorite part. He's just like, yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> the, the leaky leaker. It seems like Simon was really, really frustrated and that's what he could get out. Oh, he's just a leaky leaker. <laughs> He's, it's so innocent. Oh. It's just strange. Well, even his tweet the other day, he's like, oh, 2023 is going to be great. He's left off, listing off a bunch of things. And like one of the things in the tweet was Ganon Bird of Disc Mania. I was like, what? What are you getting at? Like, what a weird thing to say. Yeah. Well, but Ganon Bird. Yeah. And Ganon Bird has said himself that he is really trying to make sure that he stands above the rest so he can get those better contract deals. To come his way. He said it like outwardly himself. So he's not looking to stay with Prodigy. Um, which I guess I don't. Well, I you're don't not understand. doing them him any favors by letting <laughs> him know that his discs are good. That's let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I, I was thinking what he has the D1 and what else? Uh, PA, That's it, right? Just PA, oh, and PA3, PA3, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean those are those are those are good discs. Those are some of the good discs at Prodigy, but it wasn't a good ad when he sailed that long uh, LVC last year. <laughs> Sorry, Gannon. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, but it is it's still uh I wish I could have no, because that was a pretty much an upshot. He just kind of goosed it, didn't he? It I'm trying to remember it. It skipped off the back of the like the wood chips and it just went trickling mm-hmm. down didn't stick i've been there last year i was almost at the same spot as he was but i was tucked under a pine tree that sucked so 
All right. Well, anything else about Leaky Leakerson? I don't know. I saw a funny meme about Leaky Leaker diapers. (laughs) What is that? Another one of Drew's brands? Well, somebody came up with it. You know, there's a baby that had the Leaky Leaker on the back of the stamp, and hopefully nothing gets out. Hopefully nothing gets out, but guaranteed to, for yeah. sure. All, all I'll say is that he's got to complete the look, because if he comes in just in normal attire with the hair, it's kind of lost and for nothing. He needs to have, like, a chain, and he needs to just complete the entire the entire fit. Well, I don't know if you paid attention, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy. I have a full, you know, sleeve. His tattoo game is on the next level now. I mean, it used to be just kind of sparse here and there, but I mean, he like, I don't know if he has much more skin aside from his face and maybe palm of his hands to cover. Which I think a lot of them are pretty cool. Yeah. He's got uh, the two full leg sleeves. Yep. And I think both of his arms are covered too. Yep. No. Scott Stokely though. Best tattoos in the game. What, what I what's his oh yeah <laughs> that's right disc golf that's on his book doesn't it isn't it yeah cover yeah. his book all right Shelly Sharp Memorial just happened um and we'll just go over the uh, winners Marweed excuse me took it down over Noah Miesma my Miesma and Jake Brown and then somewhere down the list I think uh, what fifth was. Um, was it Brella or was it? Uh, uh, I just pulled it up. It's uh, Adam Hammes, Aaron Gossage were in fifth, and then AB was tied for seventh. Yeah, was Gibson fourth? Is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the if you watch the coverage, it's a amazing first card, first round feature card. Yeah, it was a good first card. The golf shots in that, on the other hand. <laughs> We're not what you would expect out of those four. <laughs> Just, I was, I was watching AB and um, Hamas. Just like, I don't know. I would expect that I would play that way there, <laughs> but not them. Well, I mean, half the distance, but the same shot shapes. Right. Just amazing. But last year they won it. Marweed wins it this year. Um, Maybe they're just starting off on a new foot. I mean, they've, I think one of those two have won it over the last, what, like four years or five years, something like that. Hamas won it for sure back to back years. I forgot what that was. That was, I know, I don't remember. So, but I know he's won a few and I know Barella's won it. I think he's one of the most winningest individuals at that course, if I remember mm-hmm. rightly. Um, so, I mean, that's that's awesome. So maybe they're just starting it out a little different. And especially with AB having the new discs, I, I was really excited to kind of see what he was going to do with these new discs, um, with Discraft, And it, he didn't really give us a good view of that. Yet. So, no. so we'll see, but I'm sure though, I think they're both at, uh, Vegas. So we'll see him there. And then I think they might be going to Maricopa in like two weeks as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll be good then. Um, all right. And then on the FPO side, Jennifer Allen by 23 strokes. That's a, that's a front nine for somebody. That's just incredible. Um, over Maria Oliva and Sarah Isaac. Um, I just blows my mind. 23 strokes. So I'm assuming she has her putt fixed. Maybe. (laughs) 
I haven't seen it yet. She hasn't been laying up from 15 feet away. So um, I haven't. Did they have FPO coverage? Either of you guys know? I'm not I sure. didn't see any. Okay. Because I didn't see it come across my feed either. And I'm getting excited because disc golf is actually coming back onto my feed, which is pretty awesome. Um, so, all right. It was nice though because Terry had the lead card and then he had the featured card or chase card. Mm-hmm. He, had so he had two cards going. Yeah. Oh, great. Why does he not get any more recognition for what he's done for the sport? That's a good question. Glad where'd you go? <laughs> I feel like we should we should have him on and just ask him that direct question. Why do you not mm-hmm. get more hype for what you've done for the sport? Can we, so, can we is, have him on a, in his U-Haul storage containers? Can we just interview him while going through his box of fun? Well, especially during this time of year, then he can bend them and break one. <laughs> oh, um, all right. Here is what we know of as far as manufacturer changes. So Cole Rodolin leaves Infinite, if I remember rightly, and then signs with DGA. And then KJ Naibo leaves Innova for Discraft. Not great, huge, you know, news. I think Cole Rodolin is a good sign for DGA because he's a young kind of up and comer powerhouse. Um, so I think he can do some good for DGA. KJ Naibo going to Discraft. Big whoop going to Discraft. The thing that I want to talk about is Innova loses another mainstay in their stable. Ben, we haven't heard your opinion on the mass exodus of Innova over the last many years. What do you think? I sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean they're they're clearing house, and I think it's just a more or less of the reason why that there's always a mass exodus is is that I think Innova just sends out contracts that are just to take it or leave it. There's no negotiating. Um, there might be a little, unless you're maybe one of the three or four at the top, you might have a little wiggle room in terms of, I would, if I was a guessing, maybe some wiggle room in terms of compensation externally with like, not externally, but with like signature discs, other like incentives, but not like in your base. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of these people are leaving because they don't even have those pieces to the puzzle. So it's just like, you know, with KJ Naibo, I think he's just another one of the pieces of the puzzle where he, he's not really pu- pumping a signature disc anywhere, so there's no incentives for him to, to move any plastic. So if mm-hmm. so, Innova has just taken this approach of you take it or leave it, and if somebody comes in with, well, we have this, that's essentially that might be the same, but then we also have these other pieces, well, then it's a no-brainer to just to just leave. So I think that that's kind of, the cause of the um you know the exodus but until until innova has a reason to not do that i don't see them stopping nor do i guess really blame them because they just have so much money coming in from other revenue streams and and sources well i guess that's the question i have is if if innova is the coke of disc golf why are they not putting money into their players why are they not taking care of their players why are they not retaining their players um i mean outside of maybe 
what Barella, I mean, excuse me, um, um, Barsby, Sexton, and Coling. I don't think any of them are stable. Yeah. Um, Calvin. I see. I don't even think he's stable. I think once, once his contract's up, I think he'll jump ship. Yeah. He's, I would say Calvin's probably the next uh, millionaire. I would say so. Because I would say so. I, I think he's getting, uh, it could, well, no. So it I goes think, back to what you guys have talked about. I a think couple Burr weeks will be. Ago. Potentially. He, I mean, yes. I'd put Eagle there too. Yeah. Yeah. I, Eagle, I would say so. But I was going to say with, with Calvin, he's what you guys have talked about a couple weeks ago of that. Like it's the grow your brand of this spot, build it up and then get the bag somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, Gannon's still in that flux state being 17, 18 years old, that even if he signs an extension, it's still only going to feel like a minute just because he, when if he sends a five-year deal with Prodigy, he will be 23 when that deal's done and it'll still feel like nothing. But yeah, in but terms of it, when you look but, at what manufacturers are paying money for at the present moment, it's it's your presence, your social media and your marketing. And you compare Calvin to um, Burr. Burr is a 1050 rated marketing. I disagree. You know, social media guy. I disagree. And com- compared to Heimberg? Disagree. Other than Okay, explain it to me. I'd So yes, in the sense that, you know, Gannon is doing the vlogs and he's got his crew that he's on tour with. So yes, he is pumping it in that regard, but Mm -hmm. he's doing that himself. Calvin doesn't have to because he appears on every single GK pro skins match and he's on every single one because he's the best personality on that. He does. He's in (laughs) Jomez videos. He's in the putting, the putting show. He does everything else that, his name is out there alone just because he does these shows and his personality really comes out in those regards. So he's not a social media vlogger guy, but he's still a great marketing presence because people like the guys on tour and the people produce doing these, these post-produced videos that aren't tournaments rounds are put, putting mm-hmm. him in there because he's electric at talking junk to every single person in the skins match. I just saw it pop up again on my instagram uh feed today of when he put the timer on his phone on nico in the skins match and he put it on his <laughs> phone and the 30 seconds went off so right. like i think there is something to be said about calvin in like in not in the traditional marketing and media sense but he's still there and he's still a presence because he's in everybody's videos i you know i would probably I might have to change my opinion, but not in the sense the the literal f- sense of talking about quantity over quality. Cause I think Calvin is much more meme worthy and viral worthy than Burr is. Burr doesn't make those moments like Calvin does. So I, I agree with you on that regard. So I think maybe Calvin's reach is matches Burr's simply because of the virility of it. 
of his presence in disc golf. And I, I agree with you when you, as soon as you said the stopwatch, I was like, absolutely hundred percent because just the, his whole demeanor while he was standing there was perfect. He didn't have to say a word. All he had to do was just put it there and show it to him. And his body language said everything. And I thought it was hilarious. The other, so what do you think JP? No, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the other thing that I think about is, is just my last point with this is that all the vlog videos that the Robinsons and, uh, and Gannon do they're great but they're pretty much all the same it's just them eating hanging out doing a practice round tour repeat mm-hmm. calvin's sure. videos are that he appears in are not vlogs obviously so they're going to be different but there's always some mm-hmm. variety to them they're always a little bit different they're longer form videos yeah. so he's going to be in longer more exposure that's why i would but there is there is no dedicated place to enjoy that. You just, it's like an Easter egg hunt or like shopping at TJ Maxx. Like you got to search for it and you'll find it. He's out there. But I mean, with YouTube, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take the TJ Maxx experience with trying to find what you want. And like they're hidden behind seven other things. Like I would much rather just go to a source and, you know, and I think that's, the one advantage that maybe Gannon Burr has is he has a marketing, I don't know, target or a marketing hub that someone can point to for selling for transactions. So I think that's the only big advantage. And I think if Calvin Heimberg can pull that together, man, I, I think he could be the guy. I mean, right up there with Simon. Sorry, my ear itches. If you want to talk to me, you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, I don't know how many people want to go out and buy Gannon discs. You know, he's a great talent, but marketing-wise, it's like, man, I'm not hyped to go buy a Gannon PA3 or whatever is. I mean, that's I'm it's not a big prodigy thrower. Prodigy, but, too, I mean. <laughs> yeah, sorry to bring it up, but um, I just... I. I'm not clamoring for a USDGC Cannon Bird disc at all. Um, it helps that Calvin's got his name tied to the Destroyer, and the Halo Destroyers are awesome. Toro. So that's easy. Just to, oh, the Toro as well. Yeah, Toro's a good disc. But he just Calvin sells himself based upon his personality. And yes, he's stepping up his social media game, but he doesn't have to because his personality is so great where you see him and out on tour he competes. So that's why Innova doesn't really market their athletes because they are kind of brought it upon themselves to market themselves and the discs sell, so they keep them on. They market themselves as the disc of champions, and if if that's what you're selling yourself on as the disc of champions, then then so be it. Then the the social media presence i guess is separate if you if you're i mean if they're banking on that okay our guys are going to be in the top 10 every single week except for the 2010s all-stars and Coling, barsby and sexton who cares i guess is the approach they're taking with who cares if this guy's practice round video got a million views we're Innova. That's like their yeah. attitude. We're Innova. That's it. You know, like go do what you guys do. We're here and you're not stopping us. And what's going to happen is in 
the next 10 years, they're going to be sitting at a table going, what the hell just happened? Because they're not making those moves to keep themselves on top of the pile. And from my perspective, they're those old guys sitting at the gas station saying, well, back when I was playing, this is, and that's what's happening right now. Is They're not taking their time to understand the changes in what the market is. And they're simply just ignoring it because they can at the present moment. But I think that's changing. I think tides are changing in that regard. JP, is, uh, is Inifa MLS? Is it where everybody goes to retire? <laughs> but everybody's leaving before they retire at Inifa lately. <laughs> yeah, that's because they're going up yeah, for one no, less. No, they're going well for one less ride in League Two in the in the English yeah. pyramid. They're <laughs> not playing the National League. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, like Shane said, yeah, the old guys at the gas station. They would do a lot better if they would just have their players market their discs. Like when Calvin, when the Toro came out, he was like, "Well, here's the Toro." I think. You see, as soon as a disc comes out, and maybe can't merge to this when she was having her Excalibur and everything, it's like, oh, I like this disc for this reason, and then it's full stop. You don't see them again until another disc releases. Or they have uh, Dave Dunapace talking about discs, like, here's the Charger. You know, like, get a pro behind it. Yeah, Dave's great because he's the founder, but show the pros actually using the disc. Yeah. Dave, like... If you want somebody to who relates to Dave, honestly, who relates no to Dave? One. If you're no if you want somebody yeah. from the actual from the company and you're not gonna have a pro, I would have rather have Jeff Panis. Like I've seen yeah. a few of Jeff's Instagram lives when he's been doing stuff. He at least is a little bit closer connected to to the pro scene and what's actually going on right now than than Dave because Dave plays the same course in every single video and it's just a bunch of open <laughs> shots. Oh, this right. disc is great in the well, woods. There's two trees over in the corner, Dave. This is not the woods. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's. I mean, respect what he's done. Like, none of that's lost on no. us, hopefully. No, absolutely. What not. he's done for the sport. But, I mean, we can respect a lot of inventors and what they've done, but that doesn't mean we can relate with them. And I think that's where Dave is at this point. I mean, I think Dave was a cool cat back in the day when they were doing the multi-disc world championship or whatever it was where they were using ulti frisbees and things like that. But I think at the present moment, I mean, he's a great designer. He's a visionary. He just tries stuff. He's able to do that. But when he talks, I don't listen. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have a hold on me. Like in as much as we make fun of, um, UC's fantastic choices in life. Um, he's a guy when he talks, I listen. Well, I used to. He doesn't really <laughs> float my boat anymore. Well, he's not speaking um, anyway, so. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for, oh, I have so many inappropriate things to say. <laughs> for for Dave, though, it's just like there's just there's no shame in passing the torch, right? That's what every, I would say every, I'm not a business right. owner, but there's no, there's. I think that's what every business owner would eventually want is to pass the torch on to somebody to carry it on. And Dave is like firmly grasping onto this torch and refuses to. To, to let I think Jerry Jones. Yeah. With the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bill Belichick. <laughs> um, 
I so I look at it when I when I heard about how Dave's office is connected to the manufacturing floor, and he says whenever he gets a wild hair, he just walks out and messes with the things. It looks like there's a lack of foresight business wise, and there's no exit planning there because at one point or another, Dave is not going to be able to do what Dave does, and who's going to take that reign? And that's why I, I'm really concerned. Not concerned. I could care less, truly. But that's why I have that opinion about Innova is because it's it's being ran by somebody that is not in touch or in, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like it's being ran by individuals that are not in touch with what the current disc golf climate is and could care less if the community continues to grow other than through a bottom line numbers and decimals um, numbers and percentages, um, view. It seems like a lot of the pros that leave that go other places that get to design their own discs are just so jazzed up. And like, that's like the number awesome. one thing that they talk about after they leave Innova is like, that's the thing that they're most excited for. So it mm-hmm. seems like, uh, you might be able to have some input on what you think, but Dave's not going to really Dave's going to always have the final say whether you like it or not as a pro right Mm -hmm. right right because every top level individual that you talk about has their own line at at this point and every manufacturer that's out there with almost no exclusion um, aside from Innova has um, a satellite or uh, satellite lines for pros. Um, I mean, LSD's doing it for, um, like Lone Star's doing it for Nico, which questionable whether you choose that player or not to do this whole. But Lone Star's doing it for Nico. Discrafts is doing it for Paige and Paul, and I'm assuming they'll probably start doing it for someone else. Um, you know, MVP's doing it for Simon and um, uh, James. James, jeez, my mind is just not here with names today. Um, you know, so anyways, I, I can go on and on. Um, you know, Discraft, I mean, DD's doing it with Ricky now. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully they catch up with the times and they don't end up uh, falling behind. But for some reason, I just see that, that, that margin disappearing little by little. Yeah. Who knows? Only oh. time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I hate on other manufacturers too. It's not just Prodigy. So. <laughs> No, somebody, right. somebody's going to have to start stitching things and just have a, a, a checklist meter of like uh, Shane's uh, 2023 Prodigy hate, Innova Factory <laughs> Store hate, just a, just a, just a tracker. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, I know. You know, and it's funny. I, I speak with other um, podcasters and retailers and they're always like well you don't have to say i was just recently on a a podcast and i was told like hey you don't have to say their manufacturer names i mean if you don't want to i just don't want you to lose a relationship with any of the (laughs) manufacturers and i was like who who cares if i say stuff like how am i gonna lose manufacturer support it's just like like, they want my dollars they don't care what i say it's just like me with lone star and and the team and the emerson thing i don't yeah what it is We'll get to the bottom of that with Josh next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I love the the meme you sent us with the Homer backing into the bushes or <laughs> the dude reclining into the car. <laughs> Shane and I'll just back out of that conversation, let you guys hash it out for about half an hour and see what comes out of it. Shane, Shane, just Shane sent me a text that he goes, oh yeah, just full, full go. I'm just going to let Josh open up with just unloading on you. <laughs> Don't worry, I've, I've already had the text with Josh being like, I have a surprise for you. Just come ready. <laughs> it's all. all right, Bobby. All right. I'm coming for you instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> all right. Uh, Wait, real quick. I don't want to glance over the KJ thing, KJ and Ammo, because I think this is a big deal for Discraft to have a European name and he's going to stick over there. He doesn't come over here to tour like a lot of the big name uh, stars. So having him and being a big presence in Europe is kind of a big deal for Discraft. And he is, him and Macbeth are decent friends from what I remember. Right. Oh. Are they packing up an RV old school style and driving around Sweden? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, KJ, he's a 13-time Danish champion, and he had the swirly, what was it, T-Bird? Mm-hmm. as a signature disc for a while but yeah he doesn't come over here i mean he's kind of long on with that he appeared on the european team with the president's cup i think he's still kind of active that way but yeah he's sticking over there so he's a more notable face in europe than he is here and he's a little bit of an older player for some of the younger generation coming up but i think that's a good foothold for discraft to be able to get a name like that Yes. Then side question. Sorry. When are we going to get the President's Cup here? And I know probably not like at Worlds because that's just already a jam-packed schedule with five rounds. Why can't we get maybe before Champions Cup have President's Cup in the United States? Yeah. I know it's a logistical thing because it's easier for more Americans to travel to Europe than it is for the Europeans to travel to the U.S. But the Europeans have never won it, so why not? Have it here. Why? Why why is it easier for the U.S. to travel to Europe than it is for Europe to travel to the U.S.? Recently, planes fly both ways. Recently, (laughs) recently, because of COVID and restrictions and coming in from the Schengen region, and then in the past, it's Mm -hmm. just because I would say also words that I don't understand. The, yeah, the Schengen which, region. What's Schengen? It's it's a oh is that where it's a region of countries in Northern Europe. As part of the European okay. Union, Kristen Tatar is in there and, and from Estonia. So her and Silver had to spend X amount of time last year and in 2021 Mexico. outside of the Schengen region before they could enter the U.S. But I, okay. to back to the root, what I was saying before, it's easier. It was easier for Americans to get to Europe because they have had more manufacturer backing and money to travel to in my personal opinion, to go to the European Open, like more, their manufacturers were pumping more money for them to go, where these same manufacturers mm-hmm. probably weren't going to kick back any financial funds for these European pros five, six, seven, eight years ago to come to the U.S. Like that was more sure. of a, hey, you're on your own, friend. But now yeah. that might that might change. Maybe they're just waiting. So maybe it's like a... Uh, give and take like you give us worlds and we'll give you president's cup so maybe yeah i don't know uh all right so before we get started i have a very important question before you get to your random question ben when are we going to stream this live 
uh, once we have a thousand YouTube subscribers. Those are the rules. You can stream live before that. We just can't. You can't stream mobile. Yeah. Oh, is that if you don't have a thousand? Yep. All right. Well, we'll figure that out. So start liking us, folks. Come on. (laughs) Can always do Twitch. I guess we'd have to have a set time. Oh, Twitch too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is Twitch does podcast too? And and, hey, it doesn't. uh, Spotify do that now. Stream them live, or can you just upload videos? You can upload video. I don't know if you can stream live. Okay. All right. Anyways, I was just curious. So, all right. Uh, just for the listeners to keep up on, because then we can uh, get to that thousand. Because I thought the thousand was just for the monies. So if they wanted to tip us and all that stuff, that's when a thousand monetizing and stuff. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Okay. All right, Ben, you have the microphone. Do you want the not red? mine, just yours? Do you have? Do you guys want the red pill or the blue pill? There are two. I have two questions. Oh. So it's up to you. Make it purple. You can no, that's not no. <laughs> All right. So JP, you and I have to choose either red or blue. I can't choose one color, you can't choose the other. So the the name of the game is You can either rock, up paper, scissors, style. you can rochambeau. Hey, easy with that hand motion, homie. Um so Red pill or blue pill, straight up Matrix style. For those of you who don't know, for the younger folks, um, go look at Matrix. Morpheus gives Neo a choice, red or blue. I don't... Uh, blue oh, pill was... The rabbit hole do you want to go? I know. Well, blue pill was <laughs> to go back to his life. Red pill was to go down the rabbit hole, right? I think so. Okay. Well, then I want to go down the rabbit hole. What do you think? So you're choosing red. I don't know, JP. Are we choosing red? Red. Red. Okay. So this is a two. This is a two-parter. Uh, so the first part of the question is: uh, If you were arrested, and with no explanation to your family, like they have no idea, they just get the call that you've been arrested. The first part of the question is: What would your friends and family assume you had been arrested for? So they have no explanation at all. They just get a call or they just get a notification that you've been arrested. What do they assume you've been arrested for? Wow. Oh, this is hard. I don't like. Okay. We'll, we'll give realm. you, we'll give you time to process okay. that. The second part of the question sure. is we obviously know that the first person you're calling is like, obviously your wives, you're calling somebody. That's not what I care about. That's not the first person I'm calling. I'm not calling my wife. Okay, well, that is the que- that is my question. My, my question is, who are you not calling? Because you know for a fact they're not picking up the phone. We all have that Just one... Just so you know. We all, have that, we all have that one friend or that one family member that is not picking up the phone. No matter what you do or, like, you know for a fact that they're not, they're not answering, so you're not wasting your one phone call on them. Mm-hmm. So who is that? So we got to name that person as well. Yes. Okay. What did I do? Um, I'll go first. I'll just tell you what I... Yeah, let's hear it. it. Go for it. Oh, my friends and family would 100% assume that I was arrested for unintentional tax fraud. Uh, a couple... <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the story behind that? Uh, so when I was in college and I just had like my, my one like on campus job and then like my summer job, I just, it was very easy, but well, I should say that now, but it was easier to just do my own taxes before I had a house and car and all this other moving parts. Right. I messed up my taxes a couple times and got letters from the IRS. There was like, you need to fix this. And then like, or there was the one time when I accidentally selected the wrong box and I didn't get a tax return and they just rolled over to the next year. So I have, <laughs> and then doing like these disc golf things where like there's money coming in through PayPal and like working with Shane on that. And I don't want to be audited by the IRS. So that's why I have Shane's help. And it's just like, so 100% <laughs> my friends and family would definitely think that unintentional so I'm, I'm tax just fraud. Your mule. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you've so, got that LLC. So Ben just uses that, me as the mule. Sweet LLC. <laughs> and uh, Lucas Stabenow is the one person that I know that there's no way he would ever answer the phone, so there's no way I'm calling him. I called him about some stuff <laughs> last week just to alert him of some things going on in my personal life, and I called him twice, and he did not answer. <laughs> I see. I think I would be that guy in most people's lives that like, hey, are you going to pick up? <laughs> Probably not. I'll see you when I see you. Um, see, I just I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, I would say mine would be for. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like. What would people think that I would do? Because being too sexy is not a true crime. So depends on where you go, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think it would have to do with something with money as well. Um, Yes. So I think it would have to do something with like embezzlement or something like that, because the way that we work <laughs> and the way we make our living, my wife and I, is we invest in quite a few properties, things like that. Um, and we use a lot of other people's money as far as the bank goes. Um, when interest rates were low, we did a lot of that um, where we just borrowed money for stuff instead of paying cash for things. So I bet you people are going to would assume that I would be arrested for some sort of cash issue like money laundering or something like that. Right, exactly. Something, yeah. Or gambling debts or some stupid thing like that where we're being, I don't know. I, I can't because I don't, I don't know. We don't partake in any of this that. This is a good time really to preface like, that no one. I don't drink. One, I don't like. This is a good time to preface that none of us are being arrested, have been arrested recently. <laughs> this is just a very hypothetical. Oh, I was going to say, I have been arrested, but. <laughs> That's why I said recently. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that. So the one person that I would call that would not pick up is. Uh, who do I call that never picks up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're Can not you're that. not calling this person because, like I said, you, yeah, you... I'm not calling this person. I mean, would my electrician be? No, it's <laughs> got to be. That... <laughs> 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 uh, I would say probably, probably my best friend Ralph. Um, he's been my friend since I was like 16 years old. Um, 15 years old. Um, but him and I go through one of the best games of tag every time we try to call each other. Um, because I don't like answering the phone and he doesn't like answering the phone. So uh, it's definitely gonna be him. 
or my brother. My brother never picks up his phone either. So, <laughs> all right, JP, let's hear what you would get in trouble oh, for. Oh man, mine's hard. Peddling discs because you have so many of them. Hey, he works for the <laughs> yeah, that's mail fraud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be an easy yeah. one. <laughs> mail. mail fraud would be it. That wouldn't be just getting arrested. That's getting in. That's getting interrogated by probably like FBI, CIS, CIS, or whatever. Um, that's a big deal. So I don't know even know if I would get a phone call. <laughs> JP would just be missing. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it was something lower, it'd probably be like unpaid parking tickets or something low level like that. Um, public intoxication. <laughs> wasn't there a guy Big drinker? Huh? Wasn't there a guy oh, yeah, uh, no. up by you guys that was uh, arrested for like uh, being chased by the police for rollerblading, intoxicated down one of the streets? Yeah. Spidey, Spidey, it went viral on TikTok. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I remember that. That would be a cool way to get get arrested. <laughs> Just blading. He's oh, blading he... down the hill, Sister yeah. Bay Hill. Yeah. At night. He's part of our disc golf crew too. Nice. Yeah. Um But who aren't you yeah. calling? What JP? do you think, JP? Yeah, who who What's aren't that? you calling? Oh, I said it, my wife. I will sit and watch her and her phone. She'll have her phone right next to her. And the phone will go ding, 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 because her family just keeps texting and she will just shove her phone away. And I've called her you know, a couple times within 10 minutes and she doesn't pick up. She's a notorious for not answering her phone. So that's my answer. I mean, there's times where she's good about it and then there's way too many more times that she's not good at it. You got to have a code. Like if I call and then immediately call again, then you need to pick up the phone. Well, you only get one. Yeah, but you only get one. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. So what do you guys think I would be arrested for? I was going to say something like health code violations at the restaurant or something. <laughs> yeah. If I wasn't so anal about it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. What do you think, Ben? I, I was also thinking money, but I was thinking uh, along the lines of maybe not so much arrested, but like repossessed like assets or something or like oh, un- yeah, not yeah, yeah. unpaid things. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Not like embezzling. Like I'm just standing but... out in my yard and people are like taking stuff out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See, Ben, I would have think I would think that you would do something with like, like, some violent act, like, <laughs> because, and you're not a violent person. <laughs> but you'd be like, listen, I've called you four times and you haven't picked up or answered my question. When you see it in person, I did ask this question to to somebody else, and they said that I that arson, I that because I would have, oh, I would have burned down a uh, one of my accounts who's wronged me. <laughs> for those who don't know, I work for a uh, a soft drink distributor that shall remain nameless. So these. Listeners and fans who come back and say, "Hey, this guy's talking about burning down businesses." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's not what Ben said he would do. Is what someone else said they would do. Yeah. No. Right. 
Yeah, and JP, I think the mail fraud thing is all I could think of for you. As, yeah. as soon as I said it, because I can't think of anything for myself, but I don't know. Speeding probably is the realistic one. Like get, I get pulled over so much for speeding. You're not going to get arrested get for, speed. so much for speeding. No. no. I don't know. You speed as much as I do. I mean, how many times are they going to let you go? <laughs> I mean, the worst thing is you'll lose your license and, you know, fines. That'll be it. Oh, no. You'll get arrested, Shane, for uh, um, propositioning uh, an officer. Hey, don't give me a speeding ticket. You can eat at Julie's for free. You can eat at Julie's for free for life, man. You can eat it. You scared me a little bit because you're like proposition. I'm like, what are you yeah, right? not in that what regard? Are you talking about you see or what? <laughs> not in that regard. You can eat at Julie's for free for life. I'll flip you some discs. You want you want a judge? I'll give you a judge. Oh. Just don't give me a speeding ticket. Yeah. You know what's funny? I'm. I think the reason I get so many warnings is because as soon as they pulled me over, they walk up to the window. Like, you know why I pulled over? Yeah, I was speeding. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I apologize. And I just hand them my license and they ask for the registration and insurance. I give it to them, but I'm just like, sorry. Like, I was speeding. Yeah, you <laughs> I don't even cut them off guard it. and they're like, oh, I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, although the last time I got pulled over, and I haven't got pulled over since, which is nice, but the last time I got pulled over, he said, this is the fourth time you have been given a warning. <laughs> if I pull you over again, or any of us pull you over again, you are getting a ticket. I said, sounds good. I, <laughs> I, I is there only it. one cop in one. Fish Creek? <laughs> pretty uh, much. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there used to be back in the day, if you saw the cop, that was you could you knew where he was if you saw it but now they have quite a few more sheriffs that are out there and they state patrol that actually comes through now but um so there's actually quite a big police presence up here now but back in the day there wasn't and rollerblading's a crime i guess up there well when you're going as fast as spidey was yeah and there's some auxiliary things that are attached to that (laughs) so all i know is skating's not a crime <laughs> yeah, right. Skating isn't. <laughs> so, all right, we'll shop updates. So we got a huge. How, how does Trump say huge? We have a huge LSD order coming in. Um, so you want to start that over? Yeah. Try again. That's some under the, the table type of stuff. stuff. Okay. So well, the now we know. We go to jail. Now we know. Yeah. So, uh, so we do have a huge Lone Star Disc order coming in. Um, so it will be coming in, who knows, within the next couple weeks or so, I would assume. Um, Macbeths, the Lozados, and the Graces all on their way. So um, those will be going up in the shop, and I am still populating stuff from that uh, that disc haul we got, um, the largest mystery box of the season. Um, so those will be going up soon. So keep an eye on doordisc.com. Um, and I think outside of that... Make sure you go on. Yeah. Make sure you go on. um, Disc golf scene this coming Wednesday, correct? It opens up. Yes. Wednesday, discgolfscene.com slash gbclash or gbclash.weebly.com has all the links on there. 8 a.m. There's a division for everyone. There you go. And it is the first B tier or first event sanctioned event that has been ran in green bay two-day sanction or two course sanction event that has been ran in green bay ever it's the third event ever sanctioned ever event in green bay uh we've done all of them uh <laughs> yeah. but this is the first non-flex 
There you go. So good job, Ben, in doing that. And uh, Clash Discs is the official sponsor of that. Um, so they are working very well with us to get everything going. Um, so if you want to head out, there's plenty of motels out in that direction. And I will be sitting at one of the tables. Ben will be sitting at the other table at each of the courses. And we'll have a little mobile shop there. So um, go check it out. Um, but outside of that, make sure go on to YouTube. Give us a like, give us a follow, hit that dingy thing, whatever all the cliche statements that you're supposed to say with YouTube. <laughs> Just do all that stuff um, and get us to a thousand uh, followers because as soon as we get to a thousand followers, we'll start streaming live and you'll be able to see it on your phone. Um, but outside of that, door underscore disc underscore golf, night underscore owl underscore pod, and then doordisc.com. Anything else to add, fellas? Keep us a bar. No. No, not yet. Where's the OnlyFans? Where is the OnlyFans? That's what I'm asking you. You oh. are really letting us down at this point. No one wants to see me. It's your feet they want to see, not you. Uh, you don't want to see my feet lately. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. All right. Well, I still think you should get OnlyFans. And we're waiting for it. Leave a like. Leave a share. How about a comment? Actually, this is what I want to do. What would you go to jail for? Leave it down in the YouTube video comments and uh, we'll interact with it. But outside of that, keep us up par. Here's that weekend. Peace. Keep on dreaming. Keep on dreaming. <laughs>